Salam everyone and welcome to the last episode of this season of Back from Fajr. To end the season, this episode will focus on self-care, where we will explore how we can care for our body, mind, and soul. And I'll explain why I distinguish between mind and soul in a bit. In the first part, I'll touch on self-care holistically, exploring social media's take on it and why it is considered a form of ibadah, or worship in Islam. We will also explore the interplay of mind and body in how we care for ourselves and how they are interlinked. In the second part, we'll talk about how tafakkur, the act of contemplation, and the pursuit of knowledge are forms of self-care and by extension worship, encouraged by Islam to nurture our souls. If you'd like to skip the discussion, it's about 11 minutes in. Otherwise, let's start. Okay, we know that self-care means to take care of and maintain ourselves, but the actual acts of self-care manifest differently from person to person, depending on our needs. I visualize this task as maintaining an ecosystem, where the malfunction of one of its parts affects the whole. In general, self-care comes in the form of two categories of actions, what we do to maintain ourselves and what we do to pamper ourselves. And again, this is variable. In the maintenance category, we see self-care manifesting as part of our everyday lives in the form of taking care of our hygiene, our health, and managing our emotions and environment. A lot of people can struggle with this category, especially if they are stressed or mentally unwell, having no energy to actually care for themselves properly. And this is common nowadays, even with high school and university students, where with stress, you find yourself switching to survival mode and actually succeeding to take care of yourself feels like you're being pampered. But that's fine too. Counting simple acts of self-care as successes is rewarding and can habitually improve both your physical and mental health. Not only do we deserve to be properly cared for and maintained, our self also has a right over us, as a prophet, peace be upon him, said, on the authority of Aisha radiallahu anha, and it is a precious vessel placed in our care by Allah. On the other hand, The pampering category includes any added effort that you contribute to your self-care that you don't usually engage in. Much of social media focuses on acts in this category, especially with the rise of the being that girl trend, which can be harmful since it focuses on surface level acts that may not be relevant to you personally or your current needs. Knowing yourself and the way you operate is the key to understanding how you can approach your own self-care and this extends to both your physical, mental, and spiritual environments. CBT, which is short for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, operates on the view that our thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and physical reactions are all interconnected in a two-way cycle, where any of these can affect the other parts in a chain reaction. For example, a thought about your coworker mistreating you can bring up feelings of shame and anger, which can result in a rise in your heart rate and your head aching, which can then also cause you to lash out on your siblings unknowingly. Ailments to your mental health may also affect your physical health, so it's important not to neglect either when we care for ourselves. Knowing that these aspects of us are interlinked can actually work to our advantage if we utilize them properly, and that's what CBT is about. Also, our environment can affect any and all of the components since we obviously don't operate in a vacuum. Simple acts like tidying your bed and cleaning can trigger thoughts of you being responsible and productive, which will then help you feel better and more suited to tackle your daily tasks. 
Lastly, we'll talk about our relationships with other people and how self-care comes up in that aspect. When interacting with people, it is important to set boundaries with them so that your values and energy aren't compromised whenever you engage with them. This, this can be difficult for people with low self-esteem or those who grew up as people pleasers since they tend to value other people's care over their own self-care. But, back to that ecosystem analogy, you cannot contribute to the wellness of someone else's ecosystem when yours is polluted and malfunctioning. That isn't selflessness, it's being self-destructive and will cause you to burn out or become ill. Now before we get into why tafakkur is a form of self-care that is encouraged by Islam, let's have a short philosophical deep dive into the concepts of mind and soul. The reason I distinguish these concepts in the introduction is that spiritual and mental health are rarely explored in tandem in our community. Most of the advice given about caring for your mental health is geared towards strengthening your spiritual connection. But before we can talk about these concepts, we need to define them as always, since their difference is actually just a matter of semantics. I mean, the question of what is a mind has plagued the minds of philosophers for decades. When we talk about mind, we usually mean our thought processes and our faculty of reason, the conscious part of us that is able to reason, think, and perceive. When Facebook asks you, what's on your mind, you really understand it as a question of what is at the seat of your consciousness, or what are your current thoughts? The term mind is more present in Western philosophy, where there is much debate about its existence alongside the physical organ that supposedly seats it, the brain. Most views argue that the mind is a spiritual and material substance, but the details of its relation to the body differ within each view. The term soul in Western philosophy has often been defined as that thing that distinguishes us from corpses, the thing that animates the body and allows the blood to keep pumping in your body. However, it has also been linked to immortality and cognition in some views. Most of Islamic philosophy is inspired by Greek philosophy, but grounds their theories in Islamic scripture. What we think of as the mind is referred to as the soul, nafs, or part of the soul. In the revival of the religious sciences, Al-Ghazali alternates between using heart, qalb, soul, nafs, spirit, ruh, and intellect, aql. He explains that each of the words has two meanings, one of which is shared by all of them, which is that the mind is a substance that is subtle, spiritual, and tenuous, meaning fine or without a physical existence. And this is the knowing and perceiving essence of man. Other Muslim philosophers like Ar-Razi divide the soul into three faculties, the vegetative soul, the animal soul, or your ego, and the rational soul, which is what we know of as the mind. I brought this up to clarify the terms. When I refer to caring for our mind, I mean to highlight mental health, which is a subset of our soul. And when I speak about nurturing our souls, I mean to also place emphasis on our spiritual health and deen. Now let's finally talk about why tafakkur, or contemplation, is both a form of self-care and ibadah. And this actually links to why we started the podcast in the first place to dismantle cultural misconceptions and encourage philosophical talk about Islam. The seeking of knowledge in itself is highly regarded by Allah, where it is of a higher rank to him than blind worship. On the authority of Abu Hurairah, the Prophet peace be upon him said, Whoever follows a path in search of knowledge, God will guide him into a path leading into paradise. And 
on the authority of Enes ibn Malik, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Seeking knowledge is an obligation upon every Muslim. Lastly, on the authority of Abu Umama, he also said, The virtue of the scholar over the worshipper is like my virtue over the least of you. Verily Allah, his angels, the inhabitants of the heavens and earth, even the ant in his hole, and the fish, send blessings upon the one who teaches people what is good. The Prophet, peace be upon him, had not encouraged us to blindly follow the religion, whatever our limited perception of it may be, especially not one that we learnt in a way that was so heavily intertwined with our cultural environment. That is why we try to do as much research as we can into these topics, but you should also double-check anything that you take away from our podcast since we do have to gloss over the nuances of the topics to keep the context relatively short. In that way, you are also furthering the chain of knowledge and learning new things along the way. Okay, we know that seeking knowledge is encouraged, but how does that link to self-care? Let's talk about our spiritual and mental health. These two are heavily interconnected, but we need to distinguish them because there is a common misconception that being mentally ill is a consequence of having a weak iman, when that is definitely not the case. Mental illness can arise because of a variety of reasons, including upbringing, abuse, environment, or life events. Depending on its severity, you may need medication and a long, engaged process of therapy to undo thinking styles and unhelpful practices that may be harming your ability to function properly. But that is not to say that taking care of our spiritual health and having more taqwa, God-consciousness, has no effect on our mental health. What I am trying to say here is that both need to be addressed alongside each other for you to be able to efficiently heal. So addressing the problems that arose as a result of your mental illness while also making dua that Allah eases this journey on you and getting closer to him. A broken arm will not heal if you just made dua without doing what you can. But in terms of spiritual health or strengthening our iman, why engage in tafakkur rather than just increase your religious practices like making dua and praying more? We talked about the value of seeking knowledge earlier and how valuable it is. But furthermore, Allah encourages us to contemplate about his creations and the world around us. Engaging in tafakkur allows us to renew our intentions and really reflect on our purpose and actions in this dunya. It also strengthens your taqwa because you are forcing yourself to be aware of Allah's creations and his power by observing the ways of the world and how it was bent into place for our usage. Lastly, or most importantly, you are also actively trying to confirm and prove the knowledge that you have of the religion for yourself. And this will, inshallah, enable you to believe with more conviction and help you ward off any fitna or misinformation that you come across. I know this is an alternative take to self-care that you may not have expected, but I felt like it was important to highlight how valuable reaching out and actively looking for resources is to your deen and your health especially since you are then able to correct people on their misconceptions of it. Finding resources in itself is very difficult, but Allah surely appreciates your effort and journey to get closer to Him. I know this is the last episode, but you can catch us on Instagram at BackFromFedge, and we'll be posting updates about our work process and when we'll be releasing a new episode. So make sure to check it out. This leads us to the conversation bit of the episode. 
and it's the last one of the season. And the purpose of this episode, or why we chose self-care, is for two reasons. One is that if you're a university student, or if you're a high school student, you would have started by now, and self-care is something we hear a lot about, so that's one, we wanted to discuss that. And the other is we also wanted to, the other was that we wanted to reflect on the past season so far, how it's been for us creatively, and how it's also been received. So, yeah. So do you want to talk about, um, I guess, dealing with self-care, how we do self-care in stressful environments? More specifically, university, because we just started. (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. Self-care, specifically once university starts, is kind of split into two categories for me. One is, you know, when everything is organized, I have enough energy, the semester isn't too bad, my workload isn't too bad, it's like going chill, and then my self-care is different during those moments, versus exam season, my (laughs) workload increases, and I'm just on survival mode. Those acts of self-care are very um, different. In the first case, I mostly try to journal because I know I have the energy to do it in those moments. Just because I'm feeling good doesn't mean that I should like neglect that aspect, like that mental aspect, because sometimes I do feel good, but it's just avoidance. Um, so I tr- mostly journaling. And the other is just kind of listening to when I'm tired or not. Because I tend to like overexert myself, like not just academically, but going out with people or those type of social events. Um, so far, that ha- I haven't been doing a lot of social events, but when when I am, I kind of tend to prioritize doing that over like being alone, which gets draining for me, and I get like irritable. I feel like so. It's spending time alone, doing whatever I want, and journaling. But it's not like I do that regularly either. Like, I I would like to say that I would, that I do do that, but that's not always the case. And going on walks. Going on walks, like, saves my, my, like my mental health. I do it, like, I try to do it every single day. And the other is when I'm in survival mode, it's just getting by, like, I don't think how I take care of myself during survival mode is that ideal healthy because I kind of ought mm-hmm. sorry yeah it's not it's not ideal um like I kind of automate myself so I break down the necessities I need to do okay so today I need to pray and then I need to make sure that I ate something and then maybe you can go on a walk like it's like I'm not really living those moments I'm just doing those tasks, those tasks, so I don't fall apart, you know, making sure I get my oil change and stuff like that. But um, it's nothing that I feel personally connected to, especially in prayer. That's how some people feel more connected or alive, I guess. But when I'm surviving, I don't really feel that spiritually in tune with God. I'm just doing it because I know that I have to do it. And it, and it is good for me. I, I'm just not feeling connected right now. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, that's that's my self care during university. Interesting. I mean, I kind of do the same. Well, when I when it's more stressful, um, my day becomes sort of sort of like a checklist, and it's just about like, um, I guess. The, the thing that actually saves me the most when I'm stressed is having having an already decided routine. And I just, as you said, like go through the motions the whole day. I need to go to the lecture, and then I need to go to TA, and then I need to pray in between and come back and eat and then study. But my self-care in stressful periods is usually, like the, the one that I appreciate the most is rest and like doing low energy activities. So stuff like usually when I'm doing something like academically grueling or like that uses my brain a lot, when my workload isn't that much, I would like go to, I would need to like refuel my, or like use my creative juices somehow. I need to like engage in a creative activity and that's self-care for me. But when it's stressful, I can't do that. And so I feel like, when I finish my work, I just rest, and that's how I recharge. Like, I just, you know, that's that's rest. And also just trying to take care of my hygiene and health, and that's it. And maybe, like, mm-hmm. having one social interaction or something. But, um, yeah, I agree with you as well about the going out thing. Like, if I go out with someone for a day... <laughs> I need like three days to recharge. Introvert vibes. My social battery is very <laughs> like I. Usually, my self care for me is like um, me weighing in, like the energy trade off. I'm gonna mm. put in this much energy for this thing, but how much joy is it really going to give me? And that's why usually when I'm really stressed, even though um, like the energy trade off for creative activities isn't that rewarding. I'd just be more tired because I'm still, like, exerting a lot of effort, especially when it's, like, something that's ambitious. And I kind of felt that, actually, in Back from Fej, like, not that much, but, like, I was taking a summer course, so, like, trying to balance both of them. Back from Fej became work to me because I was just, like, switching from uni uni work to Back from Fej, and it was, like, constant work, and then I would just, like, crash. Mm. So that's why um, we would sometimes take breaks off because we wouldn't have, we valued quality more than quantity and like dealing with the time zone difference was kind of hard. It was hard to line up our schedules together, especially when we had guests who are also in different time zones. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess the, the one thing with Back from Fedge um is that we i know you said we took breaks but we actually we didn't never (laughs) it was just a delayed posting yeah it was a delay posting but we would we're we're probably consistently working on this like every week (laughs) um yeah but it's just sometimes things take longer in production because we're going back and forth which i don't know if that's something we've we would like to continue in the second season because unlike Hada, I, I don't view Back from Fedge as work, not yet. Like, it's still, like, I'm doing this for myself. Like, this is something enjoyable for me. 
Like sometimes it can be grueling, especially the papers. Um, and that's probably going to increase in intensity as I have more papers for my classes to write as well. But but still though, I, I can see us getting burnt out with this podcast because we're always consistently working on this and now we have other things to take care of as well. So that's kind of also part of why we split it into a season. We just wanted to regroup ourselves i guess like how how do we want the work process to be in the future like because like how like you were saying about having a set schedule so once we're in those grueling seasons um where we're like just on survival mode how are we going to deal with back from fetch so kind of regrouping our our work division what we want back from fetch to be and and how it all would those look things. like that f- with a full mm-hmm. university course load yeah because like for this season obviously because it was our it was our first time doing something like this it was a bit chaotic <laughs> we the season was actually supposed to be <gasps> only four episodes long and then we switched to seven um like i think after episode three and then it just like, seven is more symbolic. It's a good number in Islam. But yeah, so it's just like minor things like that. So that means we couldn't prep that far in advance because we just decided halfway through that oh we we actually are gonna release seven now. And because you guys all know, like there's always artwork that we release in relation to each episode. It just there are moments honestly where it did get pretty stressful. Like, the day before posting and the day of posting has never been smooth for us. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we always run into some kind of, like... And the audio, one thing that has This turned into an event. This entire season this turned into is our event. audio. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, like, when I reflect on the season, like, there are certain things that have improved. Like, I would say our communicate, Like, us, like, our communication has improved. Like, in terms of what we're okay with doing... And, like, right now I'm just exhausted. I can't do this right now. Like, um, I would I would say that that has improved. Um, and also separating work from our friendship. <laughs> because, like, um, that's a factor as well. But, yeah. One thing that hasn't improved at all is our audio quality. Which I'm hoping um, will. <laughs> I don't know why, but there's but, yeah. always, like, something that has to go wrong with the audio like someone's audio has echo or even though we we like invested in you know equipment Mites. yeah exactly but i would say the most grueling part of like making an episode is the context like it's the research because mm-hmm. you're just writing essays <laughs> like it takes at least at least two weeks or a week and a half depending on the topic um like going from full research like after you we pitch it and then we like we have to do some research for the person to like come up with an outline and then that has to approve the outline and then i research more do a draft and that goes through the draft edits the draft or like writes comments i guess and then i edit the draft and then yeah and vice versa but you know, 
a point that I want I wanted to actually explore is how do you think your relationship with religion has developed with the creation of Backroom Fetch? Like, have you noticed a difference at all? Or yeah, I actually have because um, especially actually when I've been looking into like Islamic philosophy because when we learn philosophy in university, it's always like the West. <laughs> Uh, Plato or <laughs> Hume, Kant, okay, like, okay, but there were other philosophers as well. And, like, seeing how their theories were inspired by, like, Western philosophy, but then they actually find evidence or they back it up with, like, the Quran and stuff. So, yeah, that, that was interesting, like, linking it to my major and also learning about new things, like, and having, like, learning a lot about a topic enough to teach someone your your perspective about it i feel like the fact that i know that i have to deliver the content that i'm learning in a way that's digestible to someone else that makes me like actually deep dive and try to make sure that i understand what this really means and how i portray it in a certain way so i feel like in that sense i'm learning more and it made me like the fucker about their religion. <laughs> like it actually did make me like contemplate because especially for that, you know, actually a lot of people are involved in the creation of one of the contexts because I usually ask different people for their perspectives to get, you know, the general knowledge view. If, I, if I've been doing like a lot of research, what would people who haven't researched think about this and then... Yeah, so shout out to everyone who was helpful. Yeah, shout out. Um, <laughs> you know yourself. But anyway, but yeah, that's that's basically in terms of like actually being in terms in terms of spiritual practices, um I've just been like I feel like this is like implicitly affecting it because um, now I know the reason behind why I'm doing certain things. And by the way, especially with Sora's post, she was um, a guest before on episode 5, Sora Wagdi. Mm-hmm. Her posts, I feel like, have had, and knowing her and talking with her, um, that has had an impact on my spirituality. They're pretty yeah. insightful. Inshallah. Agree. Yeah. I, I agree with um, that as well, like, it's just a Sara fangirl, <laughs> but mashallah, her art, like, it's always, it's always nice to meet someone who, who creates and relation, who creates things that are related to the religion, but not just in, like, who actually takes it a step further to try to analyze certain, like, words and how that relates to us, like, the intentionality behind, like, what we take as the norm, like, especially, like, when we're like in prayer or things like that there are a lot of things that we repeat oh my god yeah like daily and it's really nice when someone tries like brings it back to the core yeah yeah no no the what you were saying like there's this post that she has i mean i commented on it multiple times you can see my comments there but it's about kibir like the word kibir and she in her caption she talks about uh allahu akbar and how we say in prayer and how um like how the meaning of it is actually like really deep and it's like 
whatever your worries are, God is always greater. And I feel like just reading that whole, I keep coming back to that post because it it was just like a switch um, inside me. So yeah, you should check it out. And the art is really good. But anyway. Yeah, mashallah. But yeah, I like I agree with like one thing that Bakram Fej also helped like indirectly or is that since we're always working on it, God is like always on my mind or the religion is always on my mind because everything that we do, we're we're trying we're obviously trying to link it back to Islam. Mm-hmm. So I I honestly just realized that like a week ago, like I was trying to think of how has this podcast benefited me? And I realized like majority, I think before this podcast, obviously I would think about God, you know, you're praying in prayer, but like I wasn't that God conscious outside of prayer, maybe in certain moments, but it wasn't like something that was like constantly on my mind. Like if I do an action, is this pleasing like to God? Obviously, it's not every action. I wish it was, but it's not. But that has definitely improved with Back from Fetch. There was something else that you said. Oh, yeah. And because, like, as, uh, like, indirect results of being intentional, of, or, like, in our intentionality, is, in, is intentionality a word? Yeah, it is. Of our intention, <laughs> <laughs> like, an indirect result of, like, our intentionality with each post, like, the art post and things like that. It's kind of been the same, like, in, it's kind of echoed in prayer. Like, especially in those moments where I, where I catch myself, like, just reciting anything. Just to, okay, like, I'm praying, like, I know it's necessary, but that doesn't mean that in every prayer I'm, like, as present as I want to be. But I do catch myself more often, like, trying to, like, break down the words or break down the meanings. And especially... Like, even, like, simple words, like, yeah, Allahu Akbar. It's not simple, but, like, in terms of pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I would, okay, let me, like, ponder on this for a bit. Like, why am I trying to rush through my prayer? Like, girl, I swear you were just on your phone an hour ago. Like, just shut up, you know? <laughs> like, like try to, like, break it down a bit more. So that that definitely has been a pleasant result from Back from Fudge. Alhamdulillah. Agreed. Um, I also sort of feel um, being, because I talked about the pursuit of knowledge and how it's of a higher rank to God than just blind worship. So, but obviously you still need the worship part, you know, to like, to fulfill your purpose. So I just being a co-host of this podcast, it uh, made me more conscious of the way... I'm acting, I, I sort of felt uh, some sort of pressure to be better just because I'm saying, I'm telling people all these things or, or I'm saying these things. So I have to like measure up to that. So sometimes when I like catch myself not doing things that we've like previously talked about, I just sort of feel like a hypocrite. But obviously that's not, that's not like, like we're not, we're not like perfect or anything it's just like the sharing of knowledge but um yeah it it's like both negative and it's not negative it's just that sometimes i would take it negatively but it's also positive because it made me aware of the things that i want myself to do and where i need to be mm-hmm. 
what I need to do to get there. But yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like a hypocrite because, or like, I haven't experienced those moments of hypocrisy because I, I think also the reason that you might feel like that is two things. Like, I, I think sometimes when we, how religion is portrayed on social media, we try to, sometimes those people are taken as like, role models higher or like more into yeah role models like they're role models for the religion when that shouldn't be the case Mm -hmm. and i hope i think we've made it pretty explicit that everyone's journey with islam and the relationship with islam like just like the journey of life like it's just going to be different for everybody we are making mistakes we sin but it's not like that doesn't make you a bad muslim but like you wanting to constantly improve yourself and always self-reflecting, I think, first of all, it's admirable in the religion and it's encouraged. So how can you... It's like when we go back to the ideal Muslim episode, it's like you can't ever be the ideal Muslim because mm-hmm. to say that would mean would to end... You're stagnant. To basically end yeah. your, your self-reflection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I... It's not like while doing this podcast my relationship with religion has only increased. Like, there have obviously been moments of, like, slumps. Not because of the podcast, but that's just life. Like, you're not always going to be, like, so spiritually in tune. Like, but what I can say, though, is that maybe as a result of this podcast or just the change of time, I, like, see certain spiritual acts, like prayer, as more, as necessary and, like, the real meaning behind them. Because... When I was in, like, one of the, like, worst slumps in my life, I viewed religion as a certain way, like, as, like, punishment and suffering. So if I'm doing something bad or if I'm going, if I'm, if I'm feeling sad or if I'm feeling um, down, it must be because I'm being punished by God, which is a sentiment that's carried by many Muslims, like, or people of, like, many different religions. So I'm like, okay, let, let me do acts that are that are pleasing to him. And then maybe this will, this feeling will just go away. Which obviously is not correct. Because it also, like, kind of damaged my relationship with religion as well. Because I was like, I'm doing all these acts to please God. Like, I'm praying. I'm doing a squad. Like, I'm doing all of this. But without actually thinking about what I was doing, though, I was just going through the motions. Why am I still feeling like this? Like, and then it actually made me distant from the religion. So, but like over time, when I encountered another slump um, recently, it was like, okay, what can I do to help myself? Like, okay, if I'm feeling unwell, what can I do to treat myself or seek help? Like things like that. And let me let me still pray. Like, let me still pray to God. Like, he's with me. And he understands what I'm going through. So let me just speak to him in that way. And I like, and I know he'll get me through this. Um, like, like, I guess building a more personal relationship with religion rather than just like reading like certain um, phrases that I don't feel connected to. So yeah, I would say. Mm-hmm. So in terms of self-care, you can't just throw yourself into the religion. Yep. It's not like a one, one cure, a one-time cure for one everything. Size. Fits all. Um, I like how you were, like, you took the initiative to actually um, personalize your own self-care. Because that's what I also talked about. And that doesn't only relate to religion, but in every 
aspect of your life. You need to personalize it to yourself, like do your research and then see what helps you without following anyone else's like way of life or how like their formula or whatever. Because, yeah, that's that's what people usually say when you're like feeling disconnected. They're like, OK, do more of do more of and be uh, have more khushua and prayer, but maybe yeah. what you need is something else, and you need yeah. to find out what that thing is. I think also like it's very like easy for people to just say that when they're in like a um, a good state of mind, and they have the energy to do that. Like right now, like in those like slumps, it's like I don't have the the mental capacity to like do this with sure like and me just like neglecting everything and trying to like lose myself in prayer isn't mm-hmm. isn't beneficial like i notice that when i'm most connected to the to the or like most in sync or in tune with what i'm saying or feeling connected spiritually is when i'm taking care of my mind cuz only then i can go like okay let me i'm actually feeling in tune with with god now like i'm in a healthier state of mind like this is something that's not too taxing for me. Mm-hmm. So Period. when you're not feeling spiritually connected, it's not because you're a bad Muslim, but maybe there's something else that's going on that you need to take care of. Not that you should neglect what's necessary, of mm. course. Like what's fought is fought for a reason, but don't see it as a cure, like a, a cure for everything. Mm-hmm. Period. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you wanted to add? Uh, something that we, I mean, I guess we sort of circled this topic, but an important part of self-care is knowing your limits. Like, not only caring for yourself, but knowing what you can't engage in. I mean, I touched on that with the energy trade-off thing that I was talking about, but it's also your limits with your relationships with people. What you can or can't do for someone, it depends on you. And it's not being selfish to say that you can't do something for them. Because you're obviously, like, you're depleting some of your energy, right? To help them out. If you're going to end up in a negative, it's not really productive, is it? You're helping someone, but also losing yourself in the process. So just, I feel like that's a really important part of self-care for me. That's true. I think especially if you're if you're the type of person to like lose yourself in friendships or like a relationship of any kind, you do just kind of have to like take a step back. Like, is this like? Yes, you should be. Obviously, you should help out your friends. Like, a friendship isn't like a one way street. But mm-hmm. it's like, am I am I giving more than I can handle right now? Is my mood so like dependent on this person? Like. Or, like, my self-perception is dependent on this other person. Like, I feel like when you start to lose yourself, that obviously negatively impacts your self-care and your sense of self. The other thing I also wanted to mention was, like, how you touched on personalizing self-care. Because obviously what they show on social media isn't inherently bad. There's, like, mm-hmm. like if you want to take a bubble bath, go for it. Like, I guess one critique I have is that it's portrayed in a way that's like picturesque yeah when your self-care <laughs> probably won't look like that like like i think my the moment where i feel like okay i'm doing this for me 
<laughs> is when I go get a Subway sandwich and I put something on YouTube and I just, I'm like, okay, this, I'm like deflating, you know, like it's not picturesque, but I know I'm doing this for myself. Yeah, it feels more performative because like, I mean, YouTube is flooded with these ment- having a mental and physical glow up in a day and they us- they they go everyone goes and does the same things because it's a trend but is yeah. it really a glow up <laughs> is the question yeah. like okay exactly like it's not personalized to you even i touched on this in the context but i don't know if anyone if most people got it but there is this other trend um of like it feeds into like hustle culture and productivity it's called the being that girl trend, like waking up at 5 a.m., mm-hmm. having a matcha latte, <laughs> working out, um, going on Notion and filling in your stuff and then biking to lecture. I don't know. It's just very like your whole <laughs> your whole day is planned to the T. Like there's no space for you to breathe. And apparently if you do that, then you're that girl who has her life together. But it, it's... Mm-hmm. It's performative. Like, if I go and do all of those things, first of all, it may not be sustainable to me personally. Like, I... Mm -hmm. And it also may not be beneficial to me personally. Like, it's not maximizing any of my own personal needs. Like, you can take inspiration from it, but trying to have that aesthetic, picturesque life probably isn't going to help your mood stay stable for a while so yeah um (laughs) like exactly like take take inspiration from certain aspects of those like obviously like working out like doing those certain things yeah they're good for you but what kind of schedule works for you and it's obviously gonna be with trial and error Mm -hmm. and if you feel like oh i'm i'm not living that aesthetic life (laughs) nobody is bro like don't even worry about it like (laughs) it's only aesthetic because they posted it but also you have to think about those people like this is like especially with those content creators they're profiting off of living a life like this their Mm -hmm. their style of life is going to be completely different from yours and i know like that's difficult to remind yourself because when we see something on social media even though we know it's fake like there are studies that still show that we take it at face value but it's like especially with tiktok it doesn't make it any better because they like smush everything into like a minute too so it's like damn like this person is not taking any breaks every single moment of their day is like really fun really hype like but i think you just kind of have to disengage from that and you can appreciate it from like a creative sense like how they shot it yeah how they shot it or things like that or even take inspirations from your own life but i think it's just really upsetting when you see because people are on social media like at young ages Mm-hmm. And they haven't, like, not experienced life, but they're basically looking at these influencers as their role models. Mm-hmm. And if they have something that they're struggling with, and, for example, they don't have a good relationship with their parents, or, like, they can't open up to them about certain things, they're just going to draw inspiration directly from these figures. Um, because, like, internal work comes with age. Like, you're going to, like, self-reflect over the years, and, and it's always going to change. But it's hard when you don't have, like, maybe a good friend group or you have no guidance. That's the thing, really. So you're just taking inspiration 
or not inspiration, you're just trying to model your life after somebody else when your life is completely different from theirs. Like, you're an individual. Like, you have your own individuality likes complex. And dislikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one is original. <laughs> I disagree. I mean, I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that's not a talk for this episode, but anyway. Yeah, so, we're not. Um, yeah, so in trouble, we'll resume this when we finish moving and adjusting to university life um we'll keep we'll be updating on our instagram we'll try to yep. be active on that and also like back from fedge isn't possible without you guys listening to us it really boosts our morale when we get those types of messages with people like even though we're a really small account so i honestly didn't expect those types of messages as soon as we got them but when people are saying like they love how we're we're portraying their religion or it's making them think differently about it, like it really, it's like it's like prayers like being answered kind of because we wanted this to be something that's beneficial for others, like beneficial for ourselves too, but something that people can learn from. So yeah, it means a lot. It does, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is goodbye or see you later. <laughs> Salam, bye.